Today on this edition of the Forest City Church Podcast, Eric Parks has part two of the teaching series, Chef's Table. Today's message is titled, No Free Refills. What's up, Forest City Church? You know, I think there are some common, there are common experiences that I think every single one of us recognize, especially like as children, certain things that happen to us as children that I I think are universal. And, And I was thinking about this whole idea of chef's table and restaurants, and one of those moments came to mind. Because I want you to remember the first time you went to a restaurant as a kid and they set in front of you the Coke that you ordered but then told you there were no free refills. This is a perplexing moment for a child because when you're used to having free refills, right, when you go to wherever, Beefaroo or wherever that is, man, you just drink, drink your Coke. But when you find out, your mom and dad look at you and say, look, you got one Coke. You got one Coke, kid. All of a sudden, you know, your mind starts, you start to plan this whole thing out. Don't you? I mean, I remember as a kid going, okay, I got one Coke. Okay, how am I gonna work through this Coke in such a way that I don't drink all of it before the bread comes? Because it's a temptation as a kid, right? It's like, this is my kid. If it's free refills, there's four Cokes that they have before the bread comes, right? So I had to think about, okay, I can have three sips before the bread. So then that will leave me maybe 20 after the bread. So then I'll have six, maybe two right before the dinner, six during dinner. And that'll leave me with, I'm not very good at math, but a few by the time we get to dessert, right? Like, When you don't have free refills as a kid, you think about that Coke as a limited resource, isn't it? Like, I gotta make sure that I take care of this Coke. And that means for my siblings, don't ask for any of my Coke, right? Because this is the only one I got. You got your own Coke. You can't have mine. When you think about this universal experience, which every one of us have had when you found out there were no free refills, what, what you really are getting is a free anthropological lesson. You didn't know that, but you were learning a concept. It's a concept called limited good. And limited good is simply a theory that commonly is held in traditional societies that there is a limited amount of good to go around. In other words, there's only so much Coke one can get. And if you hold all that good, that means somebody else doesn't get it. This is limited good, and here's the challenge. Is that limited good, if believed and followed, sets up one of the most destructive patterns that I think Life can bring us a pattern we call scarcity, a scarcity mentality. Now, what we're looking at over the next few weeks, and Chad so brilliantly started last week, is we believe, based on the Bible and some research that I'm going to unveil over the next few weeks, empirical research, that the best way to live is generous. Like, the best way to accomplish all the things that you want in your life genuinely is through generosity, living what we say palms up. That's not just what the Bible teaches. 
There's a book that we'll be looking at called The Paradox of Generosity that looks at empirical evidence that shows that the people who accomplish the things they want in life, that live the most full lives, are the ones who live palms up, who live generously. And so, if you want to hit something that will rob you of that life, it is scarcity. Now, there's a story in Scripture that I think if we were to take a minute and look at may help us understand how do we break scarcity thinking? How do we move beyond limited good? Because the reality is just like it's a shared experience as children, human beings share the same sort of instinctual move toward hoarding or protecting that which we get. We almost can't help it. It is an instinct that we have so often to live in scarcity, that there's only so much good to go around. So when the good comes to me, I should should protect it. And there's a story, I think, in the Old Testament that will help us understand how do we break that? Because it needs to be broken. Now, those of you that know me, know that I like going old school into old Sunday school stories because like that's how I grew up, was in Sunday school, and I love to take some of these stories we think we know and pick them apart. And so this morning, that's what I'm gonna do. If you have your Bibles, you can flip them in the Old Testament. We're gonna be in the book of Daniel. And we're gonna look at a story that if you grew up in church, you know it as Daniel and the lion's den. But let me give you some backstory real quick. In chapter one, you, you are going to meet Daniel. This, this story happens 600 years before Jesus is born. And the story is about a king, Nebuchadnezzar, who ruled Babylon and took over Jerusalem. When he takes over Jerusalem, um, he, he sort of puts into place some laws of his reign, and one of which was he wanted to bring all the best children from the places he took captive into his kingdom. Now, now this was for twofold. The reason why he did this for two reasons. Number one is he wanted to have the best and the brightest from the places that he just conquered. That helps his kingdom sort of continue to reign. Number two, it also makes it so that the best and the brightest aren't a part of an opposing army, right? They never spring up to take him down. So he knew what he was doing. So he takes captive these really, really smart kids. You see it in Daniel Chapter one, verse three, it says, then the king ordered his chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who'd been brought to Babylon as captives. This is Daniel. Now, Daniel had three friends that the Bible mentions, that he came with a guy named Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, their names are also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Another story from our Sunday school times, but a story for another day and another time. Daniel is brought to Babylon. Now, think about this kid. His home has just been conquered. He gets brought into captivity as a young kid, right? So he gets sold into slavery for lack of a a, a better explanation. He went from a royal family and now he is part of this kingdom as a captive. It's a starting point that none of us would want for any of our children. And yet this is where Daniel finds himself. And the story tells how because he was smart, 
that he and his four friends rose through the ranks. The Bible says this, that simultaneously, he he was characterized as both simultaneously faithful to his work and faithful to God. Simultaneously, he was working really hard. He gets put in this impossible situation. He knows he's smart. He knows he can work hard. He begins to work hard, but he's simultaneously faithful to God. He has values, things that he believes in. Well, as he serves the blesser, which is what he was doing, God began to add to his blessing. Exodus 23, 25 said it this way. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, I will bless you. And somewhere along the way, Daniel was taught this. Like so many of us that would grow up in church. It's like, look, if you serve the Lord, blessing will follow. If you serve the blesser, Blessing will come. Serve the blesser, then the blessing. This is how it works. And Daniel was brought up this way. It's like, look, I serve the blesser. That's what it means. He's like, I'm gonna be faithful to my work, but I'm also gonna be faithful to the Lord. And the Bible says he served the blesser and the blesser brought blessing. Right there in the kingdom. He, he eventually is appointed to a high administrative position. If you go all the way to chapter six, he, he, he rise to the ranks. This is like one of those great stories, right? A kid that comes from nothing. I mean, he had some stuff, but then he had nothing. And he comes from that nothing all the way to have some stuff. This is Daniel's story. These are the stories we want for ourselves, right? So we begin to follow God. We try to do right in the workplace. We try to live with inter- integrity and character. This is Daniel's story. This is our story. God, we are gonna follow you in all things. We're gonna follow you first. And as we follow the blesser, what happens? Blessing starts to come our way. We begin to see his hand move out in front of us. We begin to see him do things in our lives. This is true with Daniel. But as it is with Daniel, so it is with us. One of the hardest things you'll ever face is what happens when you follow the blesser and he does bring the blessing. Daniel finds himself in a moment when he has been given all these great things, like this money has been accumulated, he has been given power, he has worked so hard for this position and in a moment, just as it always is, in a moment, he has to choose. They pass a law because some people don't like that this foreigner is in their ranks and has risen so high, they don't like it. And so they pass this law that says you can no longer pray at certain times of the day. That This is Daniel's moment. This is his moment, right? And he has to decide. Blessing or the blesser? Blessing or the blesser? You see, when we don't have much, when we don't have much, I think it's really easy to choose the blesser. When you don't have, when you don't have much, it's sort of like, I don't have anything. I'm gonna go with God. I don't have much. I'm gonna go with him. Let me tell you something. You know when it gets hard? is when the stuff comes. When the blessing does come and then you're put to trial, that is when it gets challenging. Because we remember what it was like to not be able to pay our bills I remember what it was like to go grocery shopping at my in-law's house. 
I remember what it was like living on the second floor over on 23rd Street in an apartment that shouldn't have been an apartment. That was a, just a bad idea, right? It was, we couldn't even shut the door to the bedroom. All we had was a futon, me and Chrissy, a futon, a futon. Those things are tiny. We couldn't shut the door. We were basically living in a closet. I remember all that. I remember that I couldn't go out to eat when I wanted to go out to eat. I remember that I had to sort of save for sneakers or jeans or whatever. I remember all that. And yet, in those days, I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna pursue God. I'm gonna pursue what he has for me. I'm gonna pursue him. It, it, it isn't easy, but man, I'm telling you, when the blessing comes and then you have to make a decision, I'm telling you, I have seen more destinies thwarted because of blessing than I've seen because of brokenness. It just is real. Because see, you get your stuff, and then it's like, Oh, no, wait a minute. I like these sneakers. I mean, I, I, I like being able to go out to, God does not want me to go back to that. Or I ain't going back to that, right? And so here's what ends up happening. People start to build walls around the blessing. In fact, we start to serve the blessing. We start to say, oh, no, 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 God, this is, look, look, look what I did. We, in the early days, will go, oh, look what, the, look what the blesser brought me. And then we start to change our lesson and we start go, our, our language, we start going, look what I did. Look what I did. Look at the kingdom I built. Look at what I have. Do you know that based on this book, per capita, do you know the people who give the least amount of their income, period, are people who have more blessing, Period. The percentage given per capita goes down incrementally as you get more stuff. Help me understand that. They say, well, but I give a lot of stuff away. No, 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 no. We all know what it's like to be crazy generous when you got nothing. But blessing comes our way and it, it, it's the natural instinct to begin to build a protection around the blessing. We begin to serve the blessing. We just start to serve this thing, this kingdom, this deal. We start to build walls around it and mechanisms. And you know, it's driven by fear because we're afraid we're gonna go back to what we were. We're afraid we're gonna be put back in bondage. We're gonna go back to being a captive. We're just like Daniel. We stand in that moment and we're like, well, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't wanna go back to what I did. I've worked too hard to get to this point. Eric, you don't understand. I, no, I totally do understand. I totally understand. I didn't share this in the first service, and I'm, but I am gonna share it in this service because we have a family meeting, so then you can come yell at me afterward. So it's gonna be perfect. No, no, I totally understand because when the elders called me in November of whatever year that was, was that 2019? And said, hey, would you be interested in this church? I had gotten the dream job. I've been offered a job at a technology company in Boulder, Colorado. They had just raised $150 million of seed capital. This fellow had been chasing me for a long time. He said, you come work for me. He backed up a Brinks truck. I was like, I'm not that smart. I should take that money. So I said to the elders, I said, no, 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 no. no. I'm an old man. I pretend to be young, but I'm an old man. I'm gonna build a wall around this thing. I'm gonna build a wall around this thing that got... Blessing, mm -hmm, mm. no, 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 no. 
I said no in November. March, COVID hits. Chrissy and I are sitting in our house. We have nowhere to go, like everybody else in the world. Where are you gonna go? Nowhere. Good Friday comes. We do a digital message. Steve Carter preaches, and something happens in that space, and I'm sitting in the green couch. Chrissy's on one end, I'm on this end, and I looked at her and I said, I think, I think we have to go to Rockford. Now, I didn't use this word, but this was my moment. This was my truth. I can choose the blessing and I can serve it or I can choose the blesser and serve him. But we gotta decide. You can all see what we decided because we're here now. Oh, well, thank you. That was not the point. That's not the point. Don't encourage me. The point is this, no, 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 I get it, I get it. I understand when you get a moment where the blessing is real and it's rich, Daniel got it. And look, I wasn't being fed to a lion's den. Well, there's plenty of people who don't like me, but I wasn't being fed to a lion, right? Here's Daniel standing in this moment, he has all this blessing and the call is, no, 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 you stop serving your blesser, you can have all of the blessing. And if you don't, we will feed you to a lion, which is crazy overkill to me. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, a lion. And Daniel does it. He's, I don't know. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. It was like somewhere along the way, something clicked with this kid where he's like, I Blessing's fine, but a blessing can't shut the mouths of a lion. A blessing's great, but blessing can't conquer anything. But bless, blessing's fine, but as his three buddies would find out, blessing does nothing when you're in the middle of a fire. He's like, no, 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 I only know one who's a champion. It is not the blessing it's the blesser. It's him. And the truth is, if he did it once, why wouldn't he do it again? No, don't think about it. If he did it once, why wouldn't he do it again? I mean, why is it that we have such an idea that what God is is like that red lobster? No shade on red lobster. It's fine. I love going to that place when I was a kid. But it's you get one, one cup. That's it. That's all you get. I mean, if that's the way we believe God is, then yeah, you know what? We should probably sip, 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 sip. We should manage, protect it, and do everything you can to protect that Coke. But see, what if God's more like Disney World? I know a bunch of you are like, back that up, what? <laughs> so a few years ago, I got to take my kids to Disney World. We kind of waited till they were the right age. And I know for some of you, are like, oh, Disney World's crazy. It's nuts. I had, we had so much fun. It was so much fun. But you know what the best part was? Is when we got there, we had purchased this pass where the kids got this cup. And the cup had a certain color lid on it. It's this plastic cup. And that color lid meant for our three kids that they could go and fill that thing up anytime of any day, anywhere, at any park, as much as they want. And buddy, they took advantage. 
I mean, it was as soon as Graham and Harry, especially those two boys, but Daly too, took their cups, they were in. And every, when we were there first couple hours, it was like every 15 minutes, I'm going down the pop machine. But no, no, but listen, they, they started to fill up on Coke. You know what really started happening that made me, I thought was so amazing is when they began to realize that there were free refills, that the refills didn't stop. It wasn't just how many times they went down there. There was a freeness in which they went about Coke. Morning would get up, they'd be like, hey, mom and dad, I'm going down the Coke machine. You want some Coke? Hey, Harry, you want some Coke? They were sharing as siblings. I mean, most days I thought they wanted to kill each other. But Harry would get up and go like, hey, man, can I, I'll go get you some Coke, Graham, give me your cup. Like, when you realize there's free refills, it's real easy to give stuff away, isn't it? Like, when you realize, like, oh, no, it's a machine, and there's machines everywhere. There's Coke everywhere. This place is flowing with milk and Coke. <laughs> these, these kids got so crazy generous. See, this is the great lie of the enemy, that there was only so much good. Look, either our God owns all the cattle on all the hills or he owns none of it. You gotta pick. Not my job. That's your job. Your job is to decide, will I, will I serve the blessing or will I serve the blesser? And let me tell you, is it always smooth sailing? Of course not. Daniel stood in a moment. And sometimes, look, we're tempted to believe. Well, wait. If I pursue the blesser and he brings the blessing, then, it'll, then the story's over, the movie's done. No, 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 no. You will have many moments. You will have many moments where blesser brings blessing and then tough stuff happens. This, this is real, this is life, tough stuff happens. The, the surgery, the diagnosis, the divorce, it, these things come our way. And it's precisely why in those moments, if you serve the blessing, it will always feel like you're stumbling. But when you realize there is this blesser, this champion, that no matter what I go through, man, he's unchanging. He brings all this stuff anyway, but he's unchanging. Look, blessing doesn't change, doesn't shut the mouth of that lion. But Daniel knew. He knew, he's like, if I bring blessing in there, the lion's gonna eat me and it's just gonna be a pile of stuff. But if I go in with the blesser, it's the only thing that'll shut that mouth, that mouth of that lion. That was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was Daniel's story. He didn't take away that, that moment. God didn't take it away. He just said, I'll be in there with you. Me and you. Me and you, Daniel. It's all good. Don't worry about that lion. You'll be able to sleep on it. It's gonna be the most comfortable night's sleep you've ever had. That thing is cushy. Daniel said, I'm in on that. See, listen, Fourth City, I don't want your money. That's, that's, look, this is not what this is about. This is about principles in this word that says if we want to live the best possible life, we can go around grasping with everything we have on blessing and we can serve it and chase it. I'm telling you where that ends. Or we just go palms up. We just go, oh, no, no. Oh, that? Oh, there's plenty where that came from. I know the one who makes it all. Oh, I know, there's pop machines on every corner. And I got one of the cups with the red lids. Look, you're walking around with a cup with the red lids for a city and you don't even know it. You're walking around with a cup with the red lid. 
All you got to do is go fill up. You're protecting your one drink. Scott's going, what are you doing? You got the red lid. I got a Coke machine everywhere. Come on up. Give it away. See what happens. Follow me. See what happens. Look, every good gift, every good gift, every good and perfect gift, it comes from, the, from above. James 1.17 says this. It's the father of light. He loves you. He wants to bless you. But it's not about the blessing. It's about the blesser. And as soon as you start to wrap your mind around that, I'm telling you, there is freedom. Freedom. We serve a great champion. We serve a great blesser. We serve a great God. And I'm telling you, you don't get it twisted. You got more than what's in the cup right now. Why? Because it ain't on you. It's on him. It isn't on you. It's on him. So when it's on him, it's easy just to be like, you want some of the Coke? I got I don't know. I know the guy who makes it all. Will you stand with me? We're gonna sing this song together and we're gonna declare it as truth that we serve a great blesser. We serve a great God. We, we, the things that come out of your voice, the fact that you have been given authority, it doesn't come from blessing, it comes from a blesser. A blesser gave you authority. And the blessing, it's just a pile of stuff. This blesser, this is who you wanna know. So will you join us as we sing this, sing it together, this truth that we serve a great champion.
Listening to Eric Parks with the message No Free Refills, which is part two of the series Chef's Table. Thanks for listening.